first psalm, beginning with verse number one. How many of you want, how many of you like to be blessed? Part of, and, 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 and I, 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 I kind of hesitate, but it is a part of the definition because it, but to me it, in some ways it sounds a little bit frivolous, but part of what the word blessed means is happy. Now, I don't think fun and happy are synonymous. They're different things. Anybody want to be happy, blessed, means fortunate, prosperous, enviable. (laughs) Blessed, the Bible, the psalmist is about to tell us what to do to be blessed. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his delight, living for God, a relationship with God is not burdensome, it is delightful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit, his fruit, in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so. Everything we've just said about what would happen for the blessed is not so for the ungodly. They are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall, shall, not might, not possibly, not maybe, but it shall perish. Father, thank you for your presence in this place today. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. I thank you, God, because I know that you have already touched lives here today. You've already met needs in this service this morning. But I'm asking you, God, now through your word to minister. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to somebody's heart today. That someone would hear from you what it is they need to hear Not a sermon, God, just to take time in this service, but let it be a word, a message that would come from you that would impact their lives today. Father, I trust you this morning. I depend on you. I trust you today, Lord, for your anointing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. 
You may be seated. I, I want to, if you will bear with me for a few moments, to read to you a couple of other translations just to kind of give a little bit of variety and, and uh, on, on some of what is being said. I, I don't know what all translations they have available uh, to put on the screen, so if they, uh, hopefully they'll have at least some of them, but the first one I want to read to you from is the Amplified Bible, and it says it this way, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and mockers gather. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. And he shall be like a tree, firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Not so the wicked. Those disobedient and living without God are not so. They are like the chaff, worthless, dead, without such substance, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked, those disobedient and living without God, shall not stand justified in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with God. For the Lord knows and is fully acquainted with the way of the righteous, but the ungodly, those living outside God's will, shall perish and end in ruin and come to naught. The Message Bible says it like this, How well God must like you. You don't go out at sin saloon. You don't slink along dead-end road. You don't go to smart mouth college. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. You're a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. You're not at all like the wicked who are mere wind-blown dust without defense in court, an unfit company for innocent people. God charts the road you take. The road they take is skid row. God charts the road you take. The road they take is skid row. And lastly, if you'll just bear with me another moment, the Living Bible says it this way, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow evil men's advice. Oh, the joys of those who do not 
follow evil men's advice, who do not hang around with sinners scoffing at the things of God, but they delight in doing everything God wants them to. And day and night are always meditating on his laws and thinking about ways to follow him more closely. They are like trees along a river bank bearing luscious fruit each season without fail. Their leaves shall never wither and all they do shall prosper. But for sinners, what a different story. They blow away like chaff before the wind. They are not safe on judgment day. They, they shall not stand among the godly. For the Lord watches over all the plans and paths of godly men. For the Lord watches over all the plans and paths of godly men. But the paths of the godless lead to doom. He watches over the plans and the paths of godly men, but the paths of the godless lead to doom. Blessed is the man. If you were to go to a class, a college class, a high school class, whatever, if you were to walk into that, let's say you were going to an English class, and you walked into that class with a chemistry textbook for that class. There really would not be a whole lot of benefit that that textbook would give you for that class. I guess you could critique the grammar of the textbook, but the content of the chemistry textbook is not going to do you much good in the English class. If you walked into a chemistry class with a book of poetry for your textbook for chemistry, you would be in really bad shape. I can promise you for sure, I don't think there's about anything you're going to get out of the poem for chemistry. You, you've got to bring the right textbook to the right class. You've, you've got to have the right material for the right situation. You've got to have the right resource for the need that you are facing. There is something that is absolutely amazing about this book. Whatever the need, here is the answer. Whatever the situation you're trying to figure out, Whatever problem you're facing, it's right here. You tell me what the problem is in your life, and I'll tell you, it won't take me but just a few seconds in most cases for there to be some things that start popping up in my mind from this book that are the answer for what you need. You want a motivational book? Excuse the grammar, but there ain't no motivational book out there that can do what this book can do. You need a parental resource because you're trying to figure some things out 
out about how to parent, guess what? Right here in between the pages of this leather or pleather, whatever this particular one may be, I can tell you there's an answer. You got a marriage that's falling apart and you need some things worked out. I can tell you right here is the answer. You need to be a better husband. It's right here. You need to be a better wife. It's right here. You need to be a better dad. It's right here. You need to be a better mom. It's right here. You need to be a better employer. It's right here. You need to be a better employee. It's right here. You need to be a better friend. It's right here. You need to be a better brother. It's right here. Better sister. It's right here. You need to do a better job with your finances. It's right here. It's right here. And the interesting thing is, it has needed no revisions. There's a lot of books that have been around for a while, but if you look in the front, it'll say, revised. Somebody learned something a little bit different about what it what they originally thought, and they've had to change it. Open the front of your Bible. There are no edits. There are no updates. There are no concepts and ideas and principles and philosophies that are in this book that somebody goes, oops, that's not right. In fact, what has happened for thousands and thousands of years is man has had to adjust his philosophies and his ideas and his concepts concepts because he's found out you know what all along it really was right what he, he says he said it that verse 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 uh verse two in the king james says in his but his delight is in the law of the lord his delight is in the law of the lord have you ever sat around and taken your delight and just thinking about the laws of the land? That's, that's kind of a hard concept to grasp from a human standpoint. Why? How do I take del- delight in the law? And, and then, he, then he goes on to say, in his law does he meditate day and night. He's constantly thinking about the law, the word of the Lord. I, I don't really know of any natural laws that I desire to think about day and night. In fact, there's some that really kind of annoy me. There's, there's a law that's usually on a white sign with black lettering that bothers me greatly. I don't like that law. I can I, I want to go faster than what that law says. But David said in his law, I first of all I delight in the law of the Lord, but in, in his law do I meditate. I think about his law day and night. Let me let me Let me read it to you real quick. Job said it like this. In Job 23, in verse number 8, he says this, I I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. 
Job is saying, I cannot find God. Anybody ever been there before? Anybody ever been in a place where you felt like you could not find God? You've prayed every way you could think to pray. You've said everything you could think to say. You've even tried to use some of his word against him, and it still didn't work. Job, in the midst of one of the greatest trials that any human being has ever lived through, said, I have looked for him everywhere and I cannot find him. The question is, what do you do in the moments in which you can't find God? Unfortunately, too many times in those moments, we make some really bad decisions. Decisions that we have to suffer the consequences of for the rest of our lives. But then he says this. I can't find him, but he knows the way that I take. He knows the path that I take. If I could say it this way, he knows where I am. If I was in this sanctuary all by myself and I fell over with a heart attack and there was nobody else around, it would do me no good that just a couple of hundred yards from here, I know where the fire department is. I know where the paramedics are, and then just a couple of miles from here, I know where the hospital is, where there is help for my need. The most important thing is not me knowing where they are. What matters the most is them knowing where I am. And when Job got done saying, I've looked everywhere I know to look for him and I can't find him, the conclusion I have is I may not find him, but he knows where I am. And what matters the most is that he knows where I am. When he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Let me tell you something. If you will just trust God and be patient for him to bring you through whatever it is he has you in, you can be guaranteed when he gets done, he will not destroy you. Scripture says, the thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, And destroy. It is guaranteed that's the process that's going to take place. But when God gets done with you, if you will stay in his process and allow him to do what he wants to do, when you get done, he will not have stolen, killed, and destroyed. In fact, he's going to leave you better off than he found you from the beginning if you'll just stay with the process. My foot has held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. And I want you to hear this part. This is, this is what I wanted to get to. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. 
I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You see, when you're in one of those places where you can't seem to find God, feel God, get God's attention, or it feels like you can't get God's attention, the thing you've got to always come back to is what, that, is what doesn't change. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God is never going to pass away. And Job says, I can't find him, but he knows where I am. And I have esteemed his words more than my necessary food. Perhaps Job said that because it was some things in God's word that in the midst of the turmoil that he was in, there was some things that began to come to Job's mind that started to give him some peace and some direction in the circumstances that he was in. And so I say to you again this morning, whatever situations you're facing in your life, I know where the answer is. You want to be happy? It's right here. You want to live a life that is prosperous, and I don't mean prosperity defined necessarily by what's in your bank account. You want to live a life that is blessed? The answer is here. He said, the way of the ungodly is, it's not so. It doesn't go that way. That's not the, that's not the way it turns out for the ungodly. You know, sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I, I realize I'm the, I'm the pastor, I'm the preacher, but I'll just be transparent. There's every, every now and then my flesh kind of, you know, rises up a little bit and it, it, it wants to kind of be in control and be in charge. And, you know, I, I kind of want to be in control of some things in my life. I get a little bit tempted. I, I kind of get like the psalmist did in Psalm 73. He said, I, I got to looking at the prosperity of the wicked. Let me tell you something. If you're a believer and you don't know that verse or that passage and you never read it, before you finish this day, you need to read it. You probably need to read it once every couple of weeks. Because I think the struggle of the psalmist in Psalm 73 is a struggle that all Christians periodically deal with. He said, I got to looking at the prosperity of the wicked. And I, I'm, I'm not quoting word by word the King James. I'm paraphrasing here. So he said, and, and everything they did was good. It worked. And I looked at me and it seemed like everything I did didn't work. What's the use? Why am I, why am I troubling myself with trying to do right and live right and everything's going wrong and they could care less and everything goes right? And he said, I, I was thinking about this and it was almost too much for me to bear. He said, my feet had almost slipped. I was about to go down until, until I got into the sanctuary of God or I got in the presence of God. And he said, when I got in the presence of God, here's what happened. I understood their end. 
I understood the outcome of their lives. And while things may look great and wonderful right now, the end is really what matters. Different translations say it in different ways. One translation I read several years ago said, it's as if God pulls the rug out from under them. And everything that seemed to be so great and wonderful in just a moment is gone. It's not said, I don't think, if I recall, but I do think what's implied is he looked at the outcome of the wicked and understood therein, but then he also was reminded of his end. And while in the moment, The comparison seemed to be such that he felt like just giving up and quitting when he realized the end for them was not the way it is right now and the end for himself was not going to be the way it is. It changed everything. What amazes me about that passage is there were no change of his circumstances. Whatever it was that he was looking at before he went into the sanctuary that was causing him all of this trouble was the same things that were there when he left. Circumstances stayed the same, but his perspective changed. Too many times we think our circumstances need to change for things to get better. Sometimes the only thing you need for things to get better is just a little change of perspective. I understood, he said, therein. I understood how things were going to turn out for them. Let me read to you a little bit, if you would permit me, from Adam Clark's commentary about these first couple of verses particularly. Blessed is the man, says the word which we translate blessed is properly in the plural form, blessedness, or may be considered as an exclamation produced by contemplating the state of the man who has taken God for his portion. Oh, the blessedness of the man, and the word is emphatic, that man, not just any man, The man that is blessed is the man that is walking in God's counsel and not in the counsel of the ungodly. That one among a thousand who lives for the accomplishment of the end for which God created him. God made men for happiness. Every man feels a desire to be happy. All human beings abhor misery. Is there anybody that does not have, and I don't mean this unkindly, but it's a fact. Is there anybody here today that you do not have a mental disorder that enjoys pain and suffering? No. In fact, we do anything and everything we can to avoid pain and suffering. Advil, Tylenol, etc. Mucinex, Alka-Seltzer. 
heaters, air conditioners, cushion chairs, reclining chairs, inserts in our shoes. We don't want to be miserable. We want to be comfortable. Some of you are asking, where's the heat this morning? Well, actually, we don't have heat in here. They warmed it up a little bit before we got in. Most of the time, our body temperature is enough to warm it up. Some of you are anxiously awaiting, getting back to your car, using your remote start to make sure that it's warmed up to minimize the amount of time it takes to get hot again. With your heated seats left on so that when you turn the remote start on, they are warming up because all human beings abhor misery. Happiness is the grand object of pursuit among all men. But so perverted is the human heart that it seeks happiness where it cannot be found. The desire to be happy and avoid misery is not necessarily wrong. The problem is where you seek to get it from. And the human heart is so perverted that most of the time it looks for it where it cannot be found. And in things which are naturally and morally unfit to communicate it, the true way of obtaining it is here laid down. The way to get blessed is to walk in God's way. There are three... I don't want to really get too bogged down in this this morning. But there are three. These are not just three different ways. He says the counsel of the ungodly stands in the way of sinners, sits in the seat of scornful. These, These are really not just synonymous terms here. They really are communicating a progression. There is a climax in the verse which it will be proper to note. There are here three characters, each exceeding the other in sinfulness. The ungodly to be unjust, rendering to none his due, withholding from God, society and himself, what belongs to each. Ungodly is he who has not God in him, who is without God in the world. Sinners, it means to miss the mark. It's to pass over the prohibited limits. It is to transgress. This man not only does no good, but he does evil. The former was without God, but not desperately wicked. The latter adds toward transgression adds outward transgression to the sinfulness of the heart. And then the scornful is to mock or deride. He has no religion, lives in the open breach of God's laws, and turns revelation, the immorality of the soul, and the existence of an invisible world into ridicule. He he is at least a deist, and endeavors to dissolve as much as he can the bounds of moral obligation in civil society as the sinner exceeds the ungodly, so the scornful exceeds both. There are those that just simply could not really care for what we are doing here today. It's just not for them. They are neutral. They really have no feelings one way or the other. It's just 
just not for them. If you think it's for you, if you want to be involved in it, so be it. Enjoy yourself. May do you some good, I'm not interested. But then there are those that not only are involved, but if you are involved, if you think it's good and valuable, they think you have lost your mind. They think you are in need of saving when in fact they're the ones that are really in need of saving. And if there has ever been a time that we as Christians, as believers, were more aware of the scornful, it is today. Because with all of technology and social media, it is very easy to come across Those who think that if you have a belief in God and a reliance upon God, if you are placing your trust in God and in an eternity, then they think you have absolutely lost your mind and they will ridicule you and scorn you. And so the challenge that you and I face today is I have to decide whose counsel is it that I am going to abide by? Who am I going to submit to as the ultimate authority in my life and the promise of the word of God that has been proven to be true time and time and time again is that those that takes God's way are like a tree that is planted by the water and whatever they do is going to prosper and God is going to take care of them but the ungodly are not so. I do not believe by any stretch of the imagination that every headline I see on the magazines and the checkout line of the grocery store are true. Perhaps you have ascended to the level of spirituality that you do not stop to look at them while you are waiting for the person in front of you to get through the line. I admit to you today, I am not there. If I'm standing and waiting... I'm usually reading. And so again, I, I understand that the things on the tabloids, that there is, there is, that's, that's not all fact. That's not all 100% correct. I think for most of it, somewhere in there is probably some truth. Part of the reason I personally think that is in today's world of lawsuits and all of that, you're not going to just put something out there that you can't have some way of defending. I will also tell you that nowadays with the ability of what can be done through computer programs to edit photographs, It doesn't take somebody with much skill to put somebody in a photo that was not there and you, as an average observer, have no idea that that's really not the way it is. So again, I I just want you to make sure you understand that I, I don't buy all of that hook, line, and sinker. But what continually amazes me is from time to time to stand there and watch as another celebrity 
as another person who has more money than they know what to do with, so has the access to do and go wherever they want, Whenever they want, I, I I sort of if you've ever flown very much, and you know if you fly Southwest, there's no first class. It's everybody's cattle, and you just you just you get in. But most airlines have assigned seating, and a lot of airlines there'll at least be a couple of rows, three or four, five or six, depending on the length of the flight, the size of the plane. That the first couple of rows is going to be first class, and and so you know it's always really great on your flesh to walk through there and see everybody in their extra wide seats that they already have a little glass of champagne sat on or orange juice sitting on their tray, and you're about to go back to the back and squeeze yourself in to your spot and hope you may get a sip of water somewhere along the way. And you just know, you just know, you just know they're already sitting there boarded on the plane before you get on in the back of the plane and they're just looking at you as you walk on with their nose raised. I'm sure really that's probably not the case, but that's what the flesh says. You just want to yell out, I know you think you're better than me, but. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm saying all that now. Where was I going? <laughs> Done it again. <sighs> there we go. Thank you, Brother Bray. Priest, glad somebody's listening. <laughs> it kind of, it, it, it dawned on me a couple of years ago. And I'm walking through there and I'm thinking, you know what? Yeah, this is all the rich people you think, which actually the fact is there's probably a bunch of them. They've just flown so much. They've accumulated so much mileage flying. They get upgrades for free. They're probably not making much more money than I'm making. They just got perks because all the travel they do. Because it dawned on me, you know, the people that really have the money, they're not sitting there in this plane. They didn't stand in the same security line that I had to stand in. They didn't, they weren't, they're not going to be standing at the same belt I'm standing at waiting for my luggage to get thrown on a belt, make its way up and fall out for me. No. They never even stepped foot in that airport. They went to the little airport that I drive by with these little jets <laughs> no security lines dropped off by their chauffeur you see it, it, it they've got it all but the way of the ungodly is not so the way of the ungodly shall, shall, shall perish. Unfortunately for some, they don't find that out until eternity. And it's too late. There's no undoing it. Others have the great blessing from God. Of their way falling apart while there's still a chance to straighten it out. 
And so I stand there in that line looking at people that if anybody should be happy, if anyone should be able to have a lifelong, wonderful, blissful marriage, they should be the ones. And yet I see that this person has now once again left the person they were with. And this actor has now fell in love with this actress while they were on this movie. And, and this athlete has now been suspended for drug abuse. And this person is now having to check into rehab. And this person has now overdosed. While I seemingly plod along trying to submit myself to God's way. And I realize every now and then, you know what? It's kind of amazing. I always have what I need. I, I, used, I used a word there very on purpose. I always have what I need. I did not say I always have what I want, but I always have what I need because there's some laws that I've meditated on. One of those laws that I meditate on is that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. You see, all of the laws that David meditated on, they weren't just laws that say how he was supposed to live. I think it was also the laws that God has established for himself. Laws like, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be there. Laws like all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called I delight in those things. I delight in the fact that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I delight in the fact that a righteous man will fall Seven times, but we'll get up again. I delight in all of that. The last thing I want you to notice as I quit. Notice, please. He said, he shall be like a tree. Okay, all right. But it's really the next part. Planted by the river of water planted you ever maybe i'm strange i don't hopefully i'm not the only person that does it. you ever sometimes drive down the road and look at the trees and think about when did you get there how did you get there because there's a whole bunch of them that no individual planted so, the psalmist didn't say, you'd be like a tree. But what he said was, you would be like a tree that is planted. That means purposefully positioned where you are. That God in His perfect plan and design for your life would position you where you are. 
You're not just a wild flower that has popped up somewhere all by yourself and we can preach about those for another day in another way. But, but he said you would be like a tree planted. Planted. Purposefully put exactly where you are by the river. That means I'm going to put you where there will be. You, you're not going to just have to depend upon the rains to come. And you're not just going to have to depend upon somebody to water you. But I am going to position you by a stream, by a river, so that you will have a constant source of what you need. I, maybe there's some here that you... Either for natural reasons or spiritual reasons, you choose not to take medicine. Obviously, you have the right to do what you believe and feel, and hopefully you won't judge me because I take it when it's available and it'll help me. You ever, you ever gotten, I, I, I don't have it all the time, but I'm sure some of you can come wag your finger at me as to why I have it, and so... I've already probably heard what you have to say, so save your breath and spare me. I get a, I get a little bit of heart burn every now and then. Every, every now and then, Brother Whaley, I've woken up about 1 a.m. And I've gone in the bathroom and pulled open the drawer where the bottle is. And I pull out the bottle. And it's empty. And what I need for some relief has run out. But I am so grateful today that He is an unlimited source. He does not have a fixed amount. In fact, the Bible talks about mercy and says that every morning every morning there are new new mercy I, I'm, I'm sure a few of you reached a point you don't need no mercy anymore I'm so glad to know that before I ever get out of the bed already prepared for that day is new new mercy new mercy I know some of you like leftovers and 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 and, and I, I'm not a leftover person I, there's only about one thing I've come to like as leftovers and that's my mom's stuffing from Thanksgiving and Christmas her chicken and dressing I'm not a let you people that like cold pizza and and then especially some of you that say something's better the next day after I, mean, I don't I don't I like fresh I like new I don't like to go home on a Sunday night after church with my heart set on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to pull out the loaf of bread and it's hard and it's, I like fresh like fresh. I tell so I did this that this this never even crossed my mind coming into this service and this message, but I just feel it right now and somebody needs to hear it in this place today. Really like every day, but I'm here to tell you today 
In this place this morning, there has been some new mercy. That God is not looking at you this morning and going, You know what? I gave you some last week. I gave you some three weeks ago and now you're back for more? No, before you ever got up this morning baking in heaven's oven with some fresh, new mercy. Because you know what the bottom line is? As hard as I try, and as much as I make up my mind to live by the counsel of this book, I am going to stumble and fall. I I'm, I'm, I'm really thought I'd be done by now. I'm trying to quit. I know some of you have heard me say this before. and Some of you already know the answer. But one of the most notable verses in all of the scripture is found in the book of Isaiah. You walk into most Christian bookstores of any size, and somewhere in there you're going to find a picture or a painting with an eagle flying in this verse. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Without looking in your Bible right now and cheating, how many of you know what the first word of that verse is? We always quote it. They that wait upon the Lord. No. The first word of that verse is but. The verse actually is but they that wait. What that is saying is in spite of something, even though something else has happened, if you will wait, well, what, what, what does it say? We all know that verse, but most people have no clue what the verses before that are. The verses before that say something along these lines, even the youths shall faint, and the young men shall utterly fall. But... I'm sure you probably haven't fallen or made any mistakes in the last couple of months, have you? You, you have? Really? You're kidding. You haven't gotten it all together yet? You haven't gotten all this figured out perfectly yet? Are you kidding? No, you're not. I got a verse for you. But, even though they that wait upon the Lord, we've taken a major turn here but I trust that we've taken it in the Holy Ghost somebody right now needs to realize that there's fresh mercy brother right I've tried to live by the counsel of the word of God I've tried to and I just can't get it right so I just think I might as well give up no 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 as I already said whatever the problem is there's an answer And the answer is never for you to just quit. The answer is for you to give up. That is the answer, really, give up. But not give up on Him. Give up on you. The old song says, I need thee, 
Oh, I need thee. And when that's the case, there is mercy. Would you just bow your heads, close your eyes where you are? Can I, I'd like to, in closing today, challenge somebody here. Maybe somebody walked in this place this morning and the voice of the ungodly and the voice of the sinner and the voice of the scornful the words that you've heard from them are playing over and over in your mind. The criticisms and the skepticisms and the accusations of, of the ungodly and the sinner and the scornful are battling your faith today. But you would make a decision this morning and Maybe somebody for the first time, but more than likely most of you, you've already done it at some point. But today you would make a fresh new decision. That I'm not going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly and I'm not going to stand in the way of sinners and I'm not going to sit in the seat of the scornful. But I'm going to delight in the law of the Lord, because when I do that, I'm going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and my leaves not going to wither and whatever I do is going to prosper. As heads are bowed and heads are bowed and eyes are closed and some of you are fine doing what you're doing and will continue, but I would like to just perhaps for somebody this morning that you need to go just a little bit farther. And as a step of faith, as a demonstration to yourself and to God and even to the devil this morning, perhaps you would get out of your seat and make your way down to the front of this sanctuary and recommit yourself. I, I think I preached to some people this morning that you're not a guest. This isn't your first or second time, but you're a faithful member. You've been coming for months and years and some for even decades. But if you'd be honest this morning, you'd acknowledge the voice of the scornful, the voice of the sinner, the voice of the wicked is disturbing my faith, my peace, my confidence. But today... I want to recommit myself that it's the law of the Lord I want to live by. It's the law of the Lord that I'm going to delight in. Help us today, Father. God, you said in your word, you know, you remember the frame we are made of. You know our weaknesses. You know our frailty. You know our tendencies. And so, God, I'm asking you to help us today because you also know that more than any other time, it feels at least that we are bombarded in so many ways by the ungodly, by the sinner, by the scornful. I'm asking you, God, to renew today in every individual in this place a faith, a confidence in your word. A, des a desire, a commitment, God, to live according to your word. 
that whatever the ungodly say, whatever the sinner, whatever the scornful say, all of that would be overridden by what you say. So that we are able, God, to receive the blessings and the benefit that is promised to the man that will delight in your ways. Help us today, Father, in Jesus' name. Help us today, Lord, by the power of your Spirit. I pray, God, for any individuals in this place today who have tried to live with your Word as their guide but have fallen and made mistakes. And the voice of condemnation has come along to tell them what's the use and you might as well just quit and give up. I pray, God, that this morning, right now, you would minister new mercy. That you would bring new mercy to somebody's life today, God. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you would, if I could ask this, I, I, I promise I won't keep you much longer, but if you're willing to, would you... Would you stand? And if you're also willing to, would you just lift your hands right now? And in your own words, in your own way, would you just right where you are, would you make a commitment this morning? Would you make a rededication today to God, to His Word? God, I, I want to live by the counsel of Your Word. I want to live, God, with your word as the guide for my life. I want all of the other voices, I want all of the other influences to be tuned out, God. I want all of the, the voices that are voices of accusation and voices of doubt and voices of fear God I want all of those to be overridden by your word God you promised that if we would delight ourselves in your word if we would submit ourselves to your word that you would cause us to be like a tree planted that has what it needs to prosper and grow has the nourishment, the source of supply. Help us today. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. One more time, I want to ask if you're a guest this morning again, if it's first or second time that you'd stop by in the back and let us just give you a small token of appreciation for being here and uh, I know they've they've worked hard outside to uh, to uh, to salt and deal with the ice but please please as you're heading out be cautious of the the uh, conditions out there and take your time getting to your vehicles God bless you hope to see you tonight Jesus name.